Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Hey, my name's James. I'm one of the pastors. I'm over at Orange Park, so would you help me welcome our Orange Park campus? Yes, Orange Park. Hold on, wait a minute. Orange Park, I can't hear you. Much better, much better. My, much better. Hey, again, my name's James. Um, I've been here at Celebration Church for about 18 years. And uh, it's amazing how when we started, it was about like 100, 200 people. And now, just look at us. But Pastor Stovall and Pastor Kerry, they do a great job. They really do. I know a lot of people come up here and talk about how nice they are and what kind of leaders they are. I've been with them 18 years. Let me give you the truth. They really are nice. Pastor Kerry is. They really, no. But they, they really, super nice, super nice. Great leaders, what you see is, is, is what you get. And so, you know, they're just, they're just um, great people, and I love them. I really do. I love them. I love them. Uh, hot this morning, huh? Hot. I had to take my niece to the airport at 4.30 this morning. 4.30. I stepped out of my garage. I was like, oh, my goodness. I saw an armadillo. I was telling Pastor Jason. I saw an armadillo. Walked up, and he was like, hey, man, <laughs> I get some Kool-Aid or something? I was like, no, man, I don't got any. He was like, you got a cigarette at least? I was like, oh, hey, 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 come on, armadillos don't smoke, it'll kill you. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, um, this is our road trip series. Our road trip series. And how many of you have been excited about the road trip series? Come on. Is this on? Come on, man. Well, I will tell you what, after what I get ready to show you, what God showed me, all right, because a lot of this stuff, uh, a lot of things that I preach, God shows it to me. And then I just give it to you, but, but he showed me something. And I preached this about six or seven years ago, but he showed me a, a, a whole different style of, of the nobleman. But if you have your Bibles, the first thing we're going to look at is Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5. Pretty popular um, scripture. And then we're going to go to John chapter 4, verse 49 through 53. But in John chapter, or Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5, here's what it says. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. And so you've heard that scripture before, but I looked at some things and like, Jesus paid for our wholeness with his stripes. And so the first thing I looked up was the word healed, which is a Hebrew word coming from the word health, which means to repair thoroughly. Everyone say repair thoroughly. Yeah, not repair sometimes, repair thoroughly, to be made whole. And then... I was looking at, at, at paid when I said, you know, Jesus paid for our wholeness. The word paid is a Latin word that comes from pacificum. Some of you may have heard of pacificum. It means calm. It means peace, paid, pacificum. That's why Magellan, the explorer, come on, social studies class. Magellan, when he saw the water, he looked at it, he said, Pacific agua, peaceful water, which turned into the Pacific Ocean. That's the peace. So our wholeness, our peace is paid for by the stripes. And so I know one time that my family and I, we went to the town center, we went to a nice restaurant. I mean, it was a really nice restaurant. And so when we were at this restaurant, we walked in and I was like, man, we, I hope we have a good time here. I just want to have a good time. I just want a good time. You know, my wife and my kids were here at a nice restaurant. I just really want to have a good time. And so I was kind of like nervous because I was, tr- I was getting out of debt, doing some things, and so I was like, man, I'm going to take cash. No credit cards, no debit cards, I'm going to take cash. So I was like, I got like $100, $120, I got three girls and my wife, 
Uh, three girls, somebody pray for me. Put, put three girls, pray for me. But anyway, um, and so I'm in this restaurant, and I'm just like, all right, it's, this is, I'm going to have a good time. And so all of a sudden, I'm getting a little, you know, anxiety. Not peace, anxiety, because I'm like, okay, are we, are we really going to have a good time? Or is the food going to be really good? Are my kids going to order something expensive and then not eat it? And we got to go home and it sits in the refrigerator for four days. But if it's in the refrigerator two days and I eat it, Dad, what'd you eat my stuff for? Okay, but nobody in here, it's just me. And so I'm like, man, am I going to have a, are we going to have a good environment? Is this going to be good, a nice environment? Or am I going to sit next to that person on the cell phone? You know that person on the cell phone who acts like they're the only one in the room, okay? Hello? Uh, 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 Shante? Mm. Yeah, I can talk. What's going on, girl? Huh? Oh, LaVance? Oh, you should have got rid of him a long time ago, girl. I, when I was at Pookie and nothing. I'm just, hello? Um, we're here. We're here. After all that, the strangest thing happened. The strangest thing. Somebody walks over to me and they go, uh, excuse me, sir. I'm like, yes. They said, um, are you a pastor? I'm thinking, are they going to kick us out or what? I was like, yeah. And they said, uh, well, somebody was here from your church and your meal has been paid for. I was like, what? Paid for? See, when I ordered my meal before, I was being real conservative, telling the kids, hey, water for everybody. Water. No appetizers. Water. You want lemon with that, sir? Does it cost? <laughs> Being conservative. Water. But when she came back and said the meal was paid for, I started acting like it. First thing I did, go back and get the menus. Go get the menus. And she came back and I was like, oh, yeah, get the menus. Appetizers. We're all getting appetizers. Get this water and lemon out of here, man. Give me a raspberry iced tea. Come on now. What do you want? What do you want? Yeah, I want the steak and the lobsters. Now guess who's the guy on the phone? Hello? Yeah. Hey, LaVance. Yeah, it's me. I got time. Yeah, what's going on? Shantae, man, you should have got rid of her a long time. I'm, not, I'm that guy, all right? Because I'm having a good time. So the waitress comes over, and she's like, okay, sir, what would you like to have? And this is what I wanted to say to her. Okay, look here. I got a daughter getting ready to go to grad school. I would like for her to be successful and get straight A's. I got another daughter who's getting ready to start college. And what I would like for her is no anxiety while she's leaving home for the first time. And I have another daughter who's going into ninth grade and, and, and she plays volleyball. So I'm, I'm, I'd like to order some success for her. And my wife had some surgery about six or seven months ago. And so I would like her to have a full recovery. And I'm having this bad knee because I play basketball three or four times a week. And it's just been messing with me. Can I get all that? And she would would have looked at me like, um, uh, sir, you, you can't have that here. And I would immediately look at her and said, oh, no, 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 no. See, here's what you don't understand, Miss Waitress, is that it's already been paid for. I'm just acting like it. I can get anything I want because it's been paid for. And so when that scripture says, he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquity, the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed, that means healed, E-D, it was done, it's in the past, that's written by Isaiah, I don't even know if he met Jesus, but it's healed. And I'm just telling you the title of this message as we talk about this road trip series is it's paid for, let's just act like it. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for this word, not my word, but your word. I thank you, Father, for that I will continue to decrease. You and your word will increase. It will get into somebody's heart. It will get into somebody's spirit, and somebody will come to understand that, Father, you've already paid for it. We just need to act like it. In Jesus' name I pray, and everyone say amen. 
Now let's go to John chapter 4, verse 49 through 53. Four points for this guy who went on a road trip. It's interesting. This guy, he's a nobleman. Let me read this to you. The nobleman said to him, he's talking to Jesus after he had walked 20 miles and it took a whole day. The nobleman said to him, sir, come down here before my child dies. Jesus said to him, go your way, your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and he went his way. And, when he, and as he was now going down, his servant met him and told him saying, your son lives. Then he inquired of them the hour when he got better. And they said to him yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was the same hour in which Jesus said to him, your son lives. And he himself believed and the whole household believed. Amen. Now watch this. In John chapter 4, verse 4, he says, The nobleman said to him, Sir, come down here. My child dies. This guy wasn't even Jewish. He wasn't even Jewish. But he comes to Jesus. He's a nobleman. I'll get into that at the end. He's a nobleman. He's rich. He's connected. He's a nobleman. Isn't it interesting how we have a nobleman who's rich. Now he's begging for Jesus. He's begging. He's rich, but he's begging. And Jesus tells him that his son is healed. And see, here's what happened. He came to Canaan where Jesus turned the water into wine and his nobleman was like, man, <laughs> I need a miracle. I don't need a doctor. I don't need a dentist. Or a I need a miracle. And so he went seeking out Jesus. And the reason that he went seeking out Jesus is because he understood, he, he, under, he understands that he does need a miracle. And here's what's interesting. He came to Jesus because the miracle that was done at the wedding See, some people will come to know Jesus through your miracles. Some people will come to know who God is through your miracles. Some people will say, hey, man, you go to Celebration Church and you've had this happen. At the 18 years I've been here, I've seen miracles happen at this altar. Miracles. And people will come to church just like this nobleman will come for the miracles. And that's what we do. We, but here's the thing. We don't pray like this man. We don't pray our will. We pray God's will. Here's why. God wants to do something not in you. He wants to do it through you. So other people out there, people who don't know Jesus will come to know Jesus because you know Jesus. Amen? That's why we pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thine, meaning belonging to God. Thine will be done. Thy kingdom come. Not mine. His. And that's what we do. Here's my first point. Praying God's will is better than praying our own will. And see, because some of us would do this. Nobody in here, well, God, uh, can you take care of this for me? God, if you do this my way, then I'll do things your way. Nobody in here. Oh, God, I, just, if, if you let me just hit the lottery, I, I, I will start the tithe. Tell you something, if you ain't giving 100 on 1,000 and you win two, for, let me, I'm not even going there. I'm not even going there. But that's what's going on because God wants to do something supernatural. That's why in Isaiah 55, chapter 55, verse 8, it says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, God says. My ways are higher than your ways, says the Lord. God wants to bless so many people through you. How do I know this? Luke chapter 5, Peter. Peter's going fishing. He's been fishing all night. Fishing all night. And Jesus says, throw your nets over here. Peter's like, come on, man, we've been doing this all day, all day, all night. But Peter goes, but at your word, 
at your work. And if you read it, it says, when he put his nets in, he caught so many fish that when he pulled the nets out, the nets broke. He had to call his buddies over. His buddies come over and they put fish in, uh, or fish in their boats and their boats start to sink. Here's what I'm telling you. Jesus does not want to do a miracle for you. He wants to do a miracle for the people around you. Somebody here has a co-worker who needs a miracle. Somebody has a family member, a mother or father who needs a miracle. And I'm telling you, some of you go to work on Monday and somebody has see you going through a tough time and you're still praising Jesus and they're like, man, whatever you got, I want. Because he just doesn't want to bless you. He wants to bless others through you. Let me read this. Now watch this. In John chapter 4, verse 50, it says, Jesus said to him, I love this. Jesus said to him, go your way. Your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and he went his way. The second point, action. Everyone say action. Action will follow the faith. And here's what I love about this. The man never debated Jesus. Wasn't even a Jewish man. Never debated Jesus. Jesus said, your son is healed. Chapter 4, verse 50, your son is healed. Now go home. He just turned around and went home. He realized it was paid for. He was just acting like it. But see, he never debated. He never pulled one of these. You know, if God really loved me, you know, if Jesus really was listening to me, do you know that if God was really real, I understand he does it for them, but can he do it for me? And this guy, this nobleman realized when he heard the voice of Jesus saying, go home, your son is healed. He turned around and he acted like it. You know why he did that? He was doing Luke chapter 17 or chapter 18 verse 17 and this is what it says truly I tell you anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter in in other words he was having a childlike faith we hear that a lot a child what the heck is a childlike faith you know what a childlike faith is a childlike faith is on December 24th, when a child goes to bed, they have the faith that on the 25th, they're going to be toys under the tree. A childlike faith is a, is a faith when a child loses a tooth, goes to bed and puts that tooth under the pillow, there's some currency exchange when they get up in the morning. A childlike faith is a faith that when a child goes to the swimming pool or to the beach and they eat something, they have the faith to know, I need to stay out of the water for 30 minutes because I'm going to get a cramp. See, childlike faith is faith when a child continues to eat carrots and says, I'm going to have better eyesight. Childlike, this guy had childlike faith. Isn't it amazing? Somewhere down the line, as we got older, Satan came in and he strangled our faith. And sometimes we have a 50-50 faith. That's what that scripture is saying. You can't be double-minded. It's amazing how we will have faith in the Dow Jones. It's amazing how we will have faith in our football team. It's amazing how we'll have faith in our retirement plan. But this guy had a childlike faith. Let me tell you something. Why don't we leave here tonight with a childlike faith that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Why don't we leave here tonight with a childlike faith that says, greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. Why can't we leave here with a childlike faith that says, seek ye first the kingdom and I'll get everything else. How about a childlike faith that says, by his stripes, we are healed. And a childlike faith about the snowman in John chapter 4, verse 50, when Jesus said, your son is healed. And he went home. He realized it was paid for. He was just acting like it.
It's paid for. He's just acting like it. Amen? And watch this. Watch this. I love this part. John chapter 4, verses 52 and 53. Then he inquired of them the hour when he got better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, your son lives. And he himself believed and the whole household. My third point is it's a paid for attitude. Watch this. It's a paid for attitude. This guy is a nobleman. He could have had people go for him himself. He could have had servants and all that just go for, for himself, but he didn't. See, he had a, it's paid for attitude. It's like, I got to go do this. And it said it took him, it was 20 miles, and it took him a whole day to get to Jesus. But here's what I know. I bet you it didn't take him a whole day to get home. How do I know? Does the Bible say it? Nope. Commentary say it? Nope. Here's how I know. You remember the days where you had to go and pay your bills? Like you had to go, I mean, today we do it online. Like I heard one of the pastors up here saying, this last week, some of you young people don't even know what an envelope and a stamp is. But when we have to go and pay our bills, the other day I had to go to, Monday I had to go to Sears, pay $60. See, when you're going to pay your bill, here's what happens. You, 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 you take the money, and if you're anything like me, you, you, you're walking slow like, dang, got to go and got to, you know, I, you start thinking, you know what I'm saying, Pastor Jay? You start thinking, well, you know, I could have, you know what I could have done with this money? I, I could have paid some, some, and then you go in and you pay your bill. Let the IRS come and tell you, hey, your refund's coming in on the 21st. All of a sudden, on the 17th, you're at the computer. Click, 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 click. You're checking your account. Click, 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 click. You turn it off, <laughs> you power it down, and then power it back up, like all of a sudden that's going to change. Anybody in here ever do that? And you start click, 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 click. Then all of a sudden on the 18th, you're doing this click, 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 click. Now if it isn't in there, on the 21st, 5.30 in the morning, you're checking it. Where's that? Where's that? Where's that? Where's that? Click, 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 click. Here's why. See, when you have a spirit of an expectancy, your whole mind changes. This guy had a pay-for attitude. It might have took him a whole day to walk to Jesus because he knew his son was going to die. But when Jesus said, go home, I'm sure he was like, you know, he was a little different now. He was like, if Jesus said it, I have a See, he had a spirit of expectancy. It was a spirit of expectancy. It was a spirit of something's going to happen. Something is going to happen. A spirit of expectancy. I've talked about this before, but when I tell my kids we're going to Disney, you talk about a spirit of expectancy, immediately they go pack when I leave it for four days. They go pack. And here's what they do. Dad, when we get on 95, we're going to ride Tower of Terror. And then we're going to ride Space Mountain. And then we get on I-4 and we're like, Dad, we're going to stay at this hotel. And we're going to eat here. We're not going to eat the places where Pastor Jason was talking about. He took his son and they had to pay for bacon for $500. We got a discount. We only paid $350. <laughs> You was eating the pork stuff. I was eating the beef stuff. I'm just kidding. That's a whole nother message. But anyway, they have a spirit of expectancy. And then they get into the park and they start riding everything. They do. You know why they have a spirit of expectancy? When the father says we're going to Disney, boom, it's over. We're going to Disney because the father said so. The father says we're going to Disney, we're going to Disney. But for some of us, we're like, when the father says, I don't know. How can you? I'm not so sure. 
It's never happened. You do it for them. This guy, this nobleman, on this road trip, walking for 20 miles, had a spirit of expectancy because he knew that if Jesus said it, it was paid for. I'm just acting like it. Any of you ever watch the Super Bowl? You watch the Super Bowl? They'll start asking guys in the Super Bowl, oh, hey, think you're going to win? And I want, for some reason, I want to go up to the reporters and say, what do you think they're going to say? Oh, I'm glad that's a good question. Our team sucks. Our coaches suck. Our fan base suck. Our quarterback's horrible. Our receivers can't catch. They never do that. Do you, you know why you'll never hear that? Even if they're underdogs, they'll never admit they're going to lose. Here's why. If they ever said that they were going to lose, the coaches would never play them. The, the, the fan base would boo them. The teammates would hurt him. Listen, listen, listen. The enemy, their opponent, would hear about it and they would hone in on that player immediately if they ever doubted if they were going to win. I'm here to tell you there are some of you in here that the enemy is listening to the fact that you think that it's not paid for. And he wants you to always believe that you're going to have a back issue. He wants you to always believe that you're going to have a porn issue. He wants you to always believe that you're going to have a marital issue. He wants you to always believe that it's going to be a financial issue. He wants you to always believe that. But I'm here to tell you, at these altars, with Jesus, it's paid for. And you just got to act like it. Every time you come to church, you must come with a spirit of expectancy. If you ever go to Fort Lauderdale, if you ever go to Orlando, when you come to this arena, if you go to Orange Park, if you were up in, um, uh, where's the, the other one up? Amelia Island. If you're ever over in, in Northern Ireland, if you're ever over in Zimbabwe, anywhere celebration churches, anywhere Jesus is, you must come down with a spirit of expectancy. Expectancy. Because if you don't, the enemy's going to play on it. He will play on that. But here's the thing you got to understand. When that scripture says, by his stripes, we are healed, that means back problems, <laughs> healed. Bad marriage, <laughs> healed. Financial issue, <laughs> healed. No matter how you look at it, it's already paid for. We just got to act like it. Now, I know, I understand there's times that, that, that you know, we're, we're upset, we don't know. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you come to church and you're like, I'm just, so oh, thank you, God, something different. When you come to church here, you're not just coming to a Saturday service at 6 o'clock. You're coming with a spirit of expectancy saying, there's some things going on in my life or my family's life that I've got to go and I've got to look for Jesus for so he can change it. So he can change it. That's why we do altar call. That's why we do it. So you can come meet with Jesus to get that situation changed. Because if you don't want to, that's fine. The enemy is waiting for you. He's waiting for you. A spirit of expectancy. It's my last one. And watch this. James chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. It says, you must believe because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown to and fro in the wind. A person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. I already talked about that. I got ahead of myself. I'm sorry. But that's what it talks about, being double-minded. You have to have a spirit. You can't, you can't say, I don't, I've heard this from somebody. You can't ride the fence 
You're either Jesus or the enemy. Because here's what I learned about the fence. Satan owns it. He owns it. You can't ride the fence. You've got to either say, God, I'm in this or I'm not. I'm in it or I'm not. Here's my last point. John chapter 4, verse 53. Man, it's hotter up here than it is outside. Okay, I'm just kidding. Man. Well, with that in mind, how much time I got? Oh, I got another three hours. Let me. I'm just kidding. John chapter 4, verse 53, New King James Version. And he himself believed and his whole household believed. My fourth point, direct obedience can have a positive effect on others. See, when the man got home, he was a nobleman. There were so many people that he had with him. So many people he had with him. And because he believed, he got home and his faith. Here's what I realized. Faith and doubt are contagious. Faith and doubt are contagious. And his faith was so strong. Again, this is how I know it didn't take him a whole day to get home. His faith was so strong that when he was on his way home, his servants ran out to him. They said, bro, guess what's going on around here? Your son is healed. But it says everybody was healed. This guy's a nobleman. That means the dude that changed the oil on his chariot, he had faith. That means the person who washed his clothes, they had faith. The person who cut his grass, they had faith. Everybody had faith. That means the co-workers that he worked with, they had faith. That means the people that he got up and ate breakfast and dinner with, they had faith. That means the neighbor across the street that he might not have liked, they had faith. That means that somebody in the family who was acting crazy, they had faith. Everybody had faith. Everyone. Everyone. And watch this, because I'm going to look at this. Here's my points. You ready? Praying Jesus, not our will, not our will, but praying God's or praying Jesus' will. I don't worry, we have it written down. Action will follow faith. It's a pay-for attitude. And direct obedience was my fourth point. Direct obedience can have a positive effect on others. And how does that look? Pray, P, action, A, it's I, direct obedience, D, P, A, I, D. That's cool, isn't it? Yeah, you don't know how long it took me to do that, hell. <laughs> on three or four hours, yeah, it takes me to do that. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you where this all came from. I'm going to tell you where this all came from. I'm, you know, I live in, I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and it snows there. That's why I'm down here. It's hot, but I was thinking about some snow today. <laughs> But now that I'm down here, you know, I, my grass and everything, I'm just a grass guy. Like, I don't have a huge yard, but I'm just a, I'm a grass guy. I'm one of those weird type of guys, you know. I cut my grass on Friday at 11 o'clock in the afternoon. Not that some of you are like, night? No, in the afternoon. Friday. And it's, I mean, it's probably about 90. 90. And I'm just cutting my grass because my grass got to be cut. I just have this thing like, your grass, no condemnation on anybody. If your grass is messed up, it's like a beautiful woman with messed up teeth. I mean, I'm just sorry. I mean, and if you're in here and your teeth are messed up, praise God, get them fixed. Amen. Come on now. Dr. Bowles around here somewhere. But listen, I'm serious. And so, <laughs> but uh, my grass, I look at it, man, and I cut it. And I'm that neighbor that has to have the lines, you know, the line. No, I don't cut it the conventional way. I'm cutting, you know, diagonal. So when you drive down the street, you're like, <laughs> look at James. You know, that's, I'm that guy. 
And so there's times where I will cut the grass on Friday because I like to use my grill on, on Friday evening and I just walk around and, I, you know, I look at my yard and sometimes because I'm weird about my grass. I mean, like, I edge it up, man. I got a nice edger. I edge it up and, like, my grass goes like this, you know, right by on the driveway and everything. And sometimes I'll, I'll go back and I, in my yard when no one's looking, I'll be like, and I'll see a piece that's sticking up and I keep scissors in my pocket and I'll run up to it and make sure no one's looking at it. <laughs> and then back up and look at it. Well, one day I was going to cut my grass and I was going to use my edger. And so I got my thing. Vroom, vroom, vroom. Man, it's not working. Well, God, I got about two years out of this. Praise God. So the Home Depot's about half mile down from my live. Home Depot and Target are about half mile from my live. I need to get my check just deposited there. So anyway, I go down to Home Depot. I run down there and I say, man, hey, uh, I'm looking for an edger, this kind of edger, blah, blah, blah. And God's like, yeah, it's right here. So I get the edger. I'm literally holding my edger. I'm holding my edger. And everyone's in line. And I'm just standing there so excited about my edger. <laughs> How y'all doing? Yeah. You doing good? Yeah. What'd you get? Oh, a toilet seat. Yo, that's cool. Hey, what'd you get? Oh, you want to go ahead? Cut. Go ahead. You can get in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Sure. Mm, yeah. Having a good day? Yeah. Yeah. And I get up to the register. Hey, Mr. Price. Blip. Go put my edger in the truck. Go back home because we were getting my grass. And I hook it up, boom, put the gas primer, primer it up. Vroom, 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 vroom. I was pulling it so much I needed rotator cuff surgery. I mean, I'm like, I'm just kidding, but, but I'm pulling it. And all of a sudden I was like, I can't believe this. I take the edger back down at Home Depot. I'm holding it. It was a little different now. People going in, I'm like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Hey, man, you cut. Hold on, bro. I know. Just hold on. I just left here. So I go back up, and I was like, man, this thing don't even work. Okay, Mr. Price. Now, one time they said, well, you got to talk to the, uh, the manufacturer about that. I said, no, 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 because I didn't give the manufacturer my money. I gave it to Home Depot. Okay? So we make the exchange, and I take it. Now, I wasn't mad because my grass wasn't going to look good. And I wasn't mad because, you know, my house wasn't look good and everything. I just, I was, I paid for the thing. And so I came and I got my truck and I took the thing and I put it in the backseat of my truck and I sat it down and I was like, man, thing didn't even work. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and this is what he said. You see how you are, son? You wouldn't got an edger and it didn't work. I have people that I paid the ultimate price for. And how do you think I feel when they don't work? When they don't work, man, I started tearing. I started tearing. And from that day on, I said, God, I have to continue to have an attitude of it's paid for. I will continue to act like it. Now, here's what I want to do, because I'm running out of time. Here's what I want to do. I want to pray for some people. I'm going to pray for some people. Because after a message like this, you got to pray for some people. With every head bowed, every eye closed, listen, listen. Bow your heads, eyes closed. This ain't for me, it's for Jesus. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're in here and there's something I said that made you just think about your relationship or your faith or something that's paid for, and it just really stirred your heart, I want you to signify by raising a hand. I see those hands. I see those hands. Look here, here's what we're going to do. Put your hands down. Look at me. Everyone look at me. Look at me. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray for some people because I'm going to bring you down to the altar. Here's what I'm going to bring you down to the altar. See, the nobleman was rich and he had influence. 
And he could have sent a servant to go see Jesus. He could have sent somebody who cooks his meals to go see Jesus. He could have sent an assistant to go see Jesus. But he realized that I'm going through some major stuff here. I can't send somebody else. I've got to go to Jesus myself. I've got to. And he went to Jesus. And when he went to Jesus for himself, Jesus says, your son is healed. And I just truly believe it doesn't say it in the Bible. He was the one that had to go to Jesus because Jesus understood how influential he was. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to count to three and I'm going to call some people down there to get prayed for. But hold on. If you're like, maybe, I don't, stay in your seats. I like to get to meet you. I'll talk to you after the service. I want to pray with some people who are going through some major situations who understand that Jesus has already paid for it. We just got to act like it. I want to pray with some people who are like, I got a family member. I got a health issue. It's a financial issue. It's a money issue. I want to see Jesus. So at the count of three, I want you to come down here. One, two, three, get up out your seats and come down here and meet with Jesus. Amen. Give him a hand clap. Give him a hand clap. Yes, I know there's more. I know there's more. Don't let the enemy fool you into thinking it will never get better. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.